and be sure to access the link in this episode for access to all its giving content. Good day, good night, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, if I didn't say that before. Welcome to It's Giving. Today, we're going to be talking about Insecure, Season 5, Episode 7. Chilling, okay? So, we see Issa prepping her apartment for what we see is a much-needed girls' night. Um, Issa got the itinerary planned out. She got them soggy J's out and the whole little pregame set up. For me, I'm I'm just glad to see that Issa and, you know, the gang can get this time together from what feels like ages where they're, like, just all together having fun. I mean, it was the first episode, but it feels so long ago. First episode of season five, but it feels so long ago from where we've seen all four of them just normal. Like, I feel like episode one, they weren't, it wasn't all, nobody, we, Issa and Molly were still working their stuff out, but just seeing this, all four of them together having fun, like it was just really good to see. Um, and it's just more sentimental given the fact that it's the last season, um, and literally the last several episodes of the season itself. So it's just, I feel like the emotional factor is just augmented by that fact. Um, but I'm excited to see, I was excited to see the sisterhood they went through throughout this episode but let's get into it um so now we see uh after the opening scene everyone's in the balcony enjoying the sunset i think molly even orgy does not know how to play high but that's another um everyone in the balcony enjoying the sunset soaking everything in until Issa gets a call from the spa from where they were supposed to you know have the uh, spa day um, they tell her that they were pipe burst, so Issa and her friends can't make it. So they got three hours until dinner, so the girls decide to just start pregaming, which that would be my idea. And pregame before dinner. Um, Issa has the idea to play, even for me, having a spot. Anyway, Issa decides to play uh, Questions in a Hat. Um but even though the plans didn't pan out like they were supposed to, I've it's still fun seeing the dynamic between all of them. Um, and I just I love hearing about Issa and Molly's, but then the groups like weird little traditions and weird little games. Um, apparently, questions and I had supposed to un- unveil some universal secret shit that's been within you. It the game reveals essentially, according to Kelly. Um, but moving forward, we see Lawrence, the dad, the daddy, drop Mustafa off at Canna Butters. Um, Lawrence volunteers to help the can of worms with her shelf, and she I almost, I was like, who's can of worms? I was like, oh yeah, with her shelf, and she agrees to it. Like I just be making these names up off the fly. But then be forgetting her name. But that's just how it is, I guess. Um, but wow, we we see Lawrence, we get more daddy Lawrence. Um, not trying to sexualize it, but that can that's has its place in time. Um, 
but yeah, he's out here being a little daddy. Um, the energy that we saw from the third episode is literally completely different from what we see now. You feel the warmth, you feel the maturity, and you just feel two healthy parents and their child. Um, and Lawrence even agrees to help with extra shit. Um, I'm just going back to what I said about healthy parents. Healthy in the fact that shit that's let down the line that's down the line that's later this episode um but anyway y'all think they're gonna get with each other soon there i just feel like their dynamic just seems just very in sync maybe they really agree they agree they can't really be with each other in that way but the co-parenting at least works i feel like um, like I one like I said before, I think in the previous episodes, I just wish we saw the conversation that led to this. But I guess this is a consolation prize. Um and the show ain't about them, so I, I guess, but I just feel like this was a major change for like an explanation. It's a major change for us to not get a detailed explanation. But like I said, it's about Issa, it's about Molly, low-key, high-key. We got three more episodes left. They're not going to do a whole story. Shit, they say, shit, this is the best you're going to get. Um, but now we're playing Questions in the Hat, which I think I'm going to be adopting with my friends. I don't know if they can handle it. I don't know if I can handle that. But I, I would like to play Questions in the Hat. Um, the girls, you know, they're playing Questions in the Hat and Going over shit like Love Jones, which I never saw either, Molly. Uh, Daily Red Bulls, possible five-year pregnancies, and masturbation, and thinking of our husbands while masturbating. Um, they get into a question about spending the rest of your life with the last person you slept with. Issa kind of gives a shaky response about Nathan, and um, of course, she ends up divulging more into um, to the rest of the group. She kind of just quickly goes over the little argument uh, that her and Nathan had in the previous episode and how he called her inconsistent. The rest of the group seems unsurprised, and to which I say thank you. Um, that She says that they don't really know where they stand, and she doesn't want to be in something where she has to guess, which is valid. Um, but... Girl, you ins incons inconsistent, e inconsistent, and insecure shit. Um, Kelly claims the game is trying to uncover something from you know this little revelation, and she said, "What the the universe is knocking at the door." As soon as she says that, they hear a knock on the door, and it turns out to be Trina, who I really miss. Um, even like even the beef and interactions between her and Trina just. I mean, Trina and Kelly just be funny as shit. They barely were even saying anything to each other. But, like, they like this is another... Like, I feel like Natasha Rothwell, she just works well with dynamics and, like, the back and forth. Like, whether antagonistic, whether it's, like, happy, you know? Like, I just feel like she plays off of people well, and she plays well being, like... She just... I just love her character. I love Trina's character. Um, but after Issa deals with Trina, Molly gets a work call from Torian. We hear Molly laughing, giggling. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be like, 
All of that, which we never seen her do before on a work call and, and in general with a nigga, to be honest. Um, naturally, same with me. The girls want to know what all that was about. And Molly shares that since the retreat, the dynamic between her and Torian have been different. Um, Torian be checking in with her. He be hitting her up late at night about projects and all of that. Um, Molly says it's energy, but neither of them have kind of crossed the other side of like, okay, so you got feelings for me, huh? Um, Molly is unsure whether to give Torian the green light. And of course, when she says that green light by John Legend literally comes on. Um, but okay, with this scene, let's break it down. I'm glad because this is a very um, breaking down, a heavy breakdown episode because there's a lot to break down. I feel like in this episode, we kind of get into the minds and the vulnerabilities of um, the group and Issa, um, which we I feel like we rarely get that. We just see their interactions. We just see their actions. But just sitting down, talking about stuff, that's that's a lot to... Um, that's a lot to break down. So we're going to break down a lot in this episode, honestly. Um, it might be a little longer than most, but we'll see. Man, y'all be all right. Um, but anyway, with this scene, I'm just really glad that Issa's friends are being real with her. Like, girl, you are inconsistent. And girl, you don't know what you want. Like I've been saying before, I'm not going to lie. Even though I was like shitting on Issa and Nathan, I still felt bad about shitting on Issa and, and Nathan. Because it was just like... I, I felt bad. I felt bad. I don't like being like, I don't feel like, but I really did not believe, I don't believe in the relationship. And I still don't. I want to be kind of dissuaded, but Issa's saying it all right now. And just the reactions from her friends tell it all. Like, girl, you're inconsistent. You really, really shouldn't be talking. You really, you, you don't know what you want. Um, so Nathan is right. Her friends are right. And I think once Issa is honest with herself, then maybe she can get to some type of discovery. But anyway, you're low-key the problem, uh, Issa, in this case. Um, so, like, yeah, I just hope she approaches Nathan differently. And um, they have a little kind of talk, a little relationship talk, which we kind of see they do in this episode, actually. Um, but yeah, Kelly is right. The game is definitely trying to speak to them. And for me, I don't know about y'all. Like my, my little brother knows this. Some of my friends know this, but I kind of tend to have the universe talk back to me either through like songs, like say I'm in the kitchen, say I'm about to drink a cup of water. A song that I'm listening to will literally probably say drink or, um, it's just little coincidences like that. Um, either through song, through just looking up, I see little signs that are talking about the exact thing that I'm talking about. So I view it as, I don't try to figure it out per se, but I just view it as I'm in the right place and I'm, I'm in the right time and the right headspace to be connecting these coincidences and all of these little irregularities and all of that little shit. But I feel like there's a little pocket that I'm tapped into with the universe and the universe, she she's connected to me. I'm connected to her. So, I, I mean, for me, I feel like that that's what happened. So I'm kind of glad they had that because I know I'm not crazy. Um, but it's actually scary. It's a scary thing to, for the universe to be talking to you because you ultimately, I say I'm not trying to figure it out, which I'm not. But then I kind of am. I'm like, what does that mean? Should I, should I just sit still? 
But I, I do let that empower me because I'm like, if I'm noticing all this constantly, it means something. It means something great, hopefully. Not even hopefully. It means something great. We're going to believe in that. But anyway, the universe is definitely trying to talk to these uh, women in this episode. So I completely agree with Kelly. Um, and once again, the return of Trina. I miss her and Thug Yoda a lot. Uh, we see she's on her same shit, but turns out she's beefing with sh same shit in terms of always like complaining about something. This time she complained about spiders. Um, but it turns out she's beefing with Kelly. What she said, I see a poisonous spider right there. <laughs> um, but it turns out she's beefing with Kelly because of her bad influence on what her son Benjamin. But what Kelly said. Did she take the time to think Benjamin might be a bad influence on me? Um, so it's just always funny and shit with them. Um, I feel like they'll get they'll be friends together. Like they're too similar. <laughs> um, but yeah, we see in this scene. We also see it even even though it's through the phone, we see Molly and Torian flirt with each other a little bit more. Um. Like, I, I just love the unexpectedness of this pair. Torian has been an insecure probably, what, since season two, season three? Maybe season one. I don't know if she went to another firm season one. But um, he's been on here for a while. And for me and everyone else to kind of overlook him and then him being used in this way as a character and just being close to Molly, like, I like it. I like that. I like it when it's somebody that's always been there. I like it when there's already been a rapport. And a previous relationship, I, I really don't like it when shows just introduce a character out the blue later in the seat, like later when later on in the show in general. And all of a sudden we're just supposed to, you know, and that's cool if you give it time to play out. But I feel like sometimes they don't. They just kind of niggas be falling in love first sight and then we're expected to be like okay we just got to follow them on that journey but with this like i i really like it i really like it and i think it's going to work out uh mainly because torian knows all the good and bad about molly and of molly's character um and including pre-molly post-molly and hopefully future molly and i also like this scene because Molly has been shown to take action and knows what she wants, and she's doing it again right now. And I, I just really love that for her because before she would be overthinking, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do that for the nigga? Should I do that? So, like for her to just take her life by the horns and just act on it. Yeah, it's time to dead these other niggas and it's time to leave the streets, Molly, because we found ourselves a man. Um, amen. Um, can I get an amen? No. Um, I wish I had sound effects. Soon come. Who knows? Who knows? I wish I had sound effects to like shit. <laughs> Make it a little, you know, get a little sprinkle. But anyway, back at Canadian's house, um, Lawrence finishes itself for a Canadian and then helps Canada with feeding Mustafa. Candles affirms him by expressing how good of a daddy he is. And Lawrence, you could tell, like, that means a lot to him. He's warmly accepting that and appreciating that affirmation. Mm. Mm. We see, we don't see him do it, but he fixing shells, feeding his kids. And I, I, 
I don't like to get explicit. I try to keep it professional, but I don't know, Lawrence, that's a little bit of a turn on. So keep doing that. Um, these tasks are all based in patience. And the fact that it just seems like Lawrence has that now, even making dad jokes, like you're, you're on the right track right now. You're on the right track. I must say, I must say. Um, he's fixing to be daddy of the year. And I'm so glad Condola acknowledges that. Uh, this is kind of the healthy foundation that we've been looking for in both of them. Not only has Lawrence improved, but you can tell Condola is giving space for Lawrence to thrive as a father. And as a father, in a sense, giving space more so allowing him to mess up, allowing him to accomplish, allowing him to make mistakes, but also allowing him to do a good job. Um, and including him in the parenting and not just trying to do everything herself and then having him as an afterthought. At the end of the day, you two are the parents. If he's trying to be a good father and trying to be there for the to for the baby, he literally moved to LA to be there for the baby. If he's trying to be a good father, who are you to block him out of that? Like, y'all need to work as a team. So I'm glad she's acknowledging him. I'm glad she's including him um, in this parent journey. Um, she's not relying kind of on her preconceived notions of how things should have been or should be or would have been in her head. Um, it just seems like she, when the baby was born, it just seems like she had all of these like plans in her head for the baby plans that she was only going to put out organizing the baptism and stuff. And then just inviting Lawrence after like, girl, you can't, you have to work with the father. Um, so yeah, now I feel like she's just adapting to the situation and not controlling. And I feel like that's just kind of a larger theme that's been coming up in this season, just like for one choices, but also also accepting that life is going to be life and the only thing that you can control is your actions. You cannot control the situation per se. You can make the situation better by controlling your actions, but you cannot control the situation just through sheer will or shill wanting to. Everybody would want to change your situation. But if you try to, if you spend so much energy controlling it, it's not going to work out as opposed to just letting things happen. But also, like I said, taking your life by the horns and just acting pretty much, um, taking action. So I'm glad she's adapting. Um, and you could tell that like, one example is it a uh, one example of this. Um, when Condola says, I guess it's just different when they're here. And Lawrence replies with the, yeah, so different. Like everything is different. Everything is different. Everything is different. And I'm glad Lawrence is kind of helping her see that because at least with Lawrence, I don't, I think he felt insecurity about himself as a father. And I think he also tried to control the situation, but I also will give him credit. Like she didn't let him in. She wasn't, I'm going to keep saying like, she just wasn't including him and he wanted to be included. So it's just like, if he wants to be included, include him. Um, this is definitely a soft jab and I feel like she needed to hear it, to be honest. Um, cause we already know Condola ain't, didn't have no plans for Lawrence when that baby was born, but look at where we are. Two parents, Lawrence is included. 
both took notes from life and responded to them in a great and healthy way. Yeah, them. Yay. Yay for them. Um, um, I'm so fucking awkward. I'm so awkward. I don't know if y'all be hearing me. Like, I'd be, it's hard for me to not talk to myself. It's really, really, really hard for me to not talk to myself. So if y'all hear me just say stuff, but then right after I say stuff to y'all, I'm just like, ignore it. Just ignore it. That's just who I am. That's just who I am. Um, but the girls are still playing questions in a hat and get, uh, if, you know, if you can redo one thing about your life type of question, what would it be? Tiffany says that she wouldn't change a thing. Um, she believes that everything that her and Derek went through to get here was meant for them, I suppose, or yeah, meant, yeah, meant for them. And also she kind of does, well, I'm like talk about it later, but she kind of puts a little hint and like, places that we'll, we'll we'll go to in the future uh you know we'll get to that in a later she's hinting at something uh but we see that later on the episode um Issa wishes she figured out what she wanted to do in life much sooner and Kelly shares that she's not above finding a purpose uh she discovered walking found clarity in her job and how she don't want to make no more money for no white man no more um, and then we get to the next question. Uh, which friend's ex would you want to fuck? Uh, which of course, Lee, well, first, Kelly and Tiffany got the nail in the head. Uh, Daniel for sure. We don't know who this other, I forget the other nigga's name, I think from college, but Daniel is the correct answer and the only answer, to be honest. Um, but of course, that leads to another revelation in Issa's relationship in life, dating life. <laughs> Lawrence, um, Issa, find, and I'm glad she also said this because it clarified stuff for me because I didn't know if that whole sequence was like kind of a fantasy or what was going on. But Issa shares that she ran into Lawrence and Condola while at the hospital for Molly's mom. Um, I'm surprised she didn't share this with Molly before, but I guess since, you know, Miss Carter was in the hospital bed, it was just like, you know, I mean, that makes sense. Um, but anyway, she says she saw him, but still expected to get some type of closure from him, um, but never did. Instead, she now sees them as this parenting couple. And you could tell Issa's just still pretty down about the whole thing, um, probably just down. She says, like, down about how things went down um, in terms of the breakup, down about seeing them. Lawrence is a father now. Lawrence is a whole father. So seeing that, seeing him with Condola is getting to her. She had that fantasy sequence with Condola about how his dick grew too. Like, she's really in an irrational place right now, I feel like. Um, and, you know, to give some type of solace, Kelly decides to share uh, Condola and Lawrence's, like, kind of their dynamic at Simone's birthday party and tells Issa that they were really tense and they didn't look happy at all and that she should be glad that she dodged that bullet. However, Issa, like I said before, she still feels guilty about how things ended and how hard it was for her to let go and how she didn't even reach out to Lawrence when he had the baby. Uh, Molly and Gr Kelly agree that she made the smart choice, but Tiffany offers a different perspective and advises Issa that 
Sometimes it's not about making the smart choice, but the choice that makes the most sense to her. Sometimes the right choice isn't always the best choice or the choice, the smart choice isn't always the right choice per se. Um, so yeah, we're going to break this down because there was a lot of good heavy stuff in this one. Um, and Kelly, like she's right. The game keeps revealing more and more and more about everyone. I like how the writers use this game kind of like as a plot device to unveil all of these, not necessarily secrets, but revelations about what's going on in everyone's life. Um, personally, professionally, romantically, overallly, all of it. Um, we find uh, that Kelly's enlightenment journey is moving along nicely. She's discovering new things that she enjoys about herself, walking, um, as well as finding clarity within her life, which is major. Um, I still feel like we never got a Kelly-centric episode, but at this point, we had episode seven, and I'm kind of done with what thinking so as far as i see we're not about to get kelly centric anything maybe after the life of the show who knows um but yeah we see like from this game we see kelly is doing well with her enlightenment journey um came from a long way from episode one where she died and literally died quote unquote literally and she just reevaluating everything about her life reassessing everything and i just feel like with 2021 especially 2020 but especially 2021 i i, I do feel like we're still in this cocoon phase of just figuring stuff out re not even figuring stuff out but just like reevaluating who we are as people who we are as a person who we are as humans who we are in our different roles that we have in life um so i kind of feel like that's being exemplified through Kelly and through all the characters, for real, for real, uh, which makes this show so special for me and I'm sure everybody else and I'm sure y'all who's listening. Um, but we see Issa discuss her hospital run for the first time, her run in for the first time. And now that I think about it, I guess, it, yeah, like I said, I guess it does make sense that you know, with Molly and her mother was still in the hospital bed. She didn't say nothing. But anyway, we see how regretful Issa felt after she severed her ties with Lawrence, a person, you know, she says she loves and, you know, we know she cares for. She still cares for. Um, although she did what she had to do, in my opinion, um, that still doesn't take away from the fact that it still hurts doing that. I think she kind of did him wrong with not even having a conversation about it. She just says it's over after he dropped her off from the airport. Like that was that was kind of cold. Um, but it still hurts. Uh, although, and moving on from that, although we see Kelly was trying to give her support, I kind of find it ironic that she shared this piece of news juxtaposed to the scenes that we're seeing with Lawrence and Condola in the very same episode um at this point as the audience we clearly see that you know kelly's news is actually outdated and the parent couple that we see now actually seems to be happy um what if isa found that out whether that would make her feel better or worse i feel like that would make her feel worse uh to be honest um but it's also interesting how just people spread news and base things at a certain point in time and time has passed or a little bit of time has passed 
and we're still thinking that's still the situation but that's just another note but um but okay so with tiffany's advice for this uh now that we're still talking about you know kelly talking about you know you dodged a bullet girl you made the right choice they ain't happy even though we know they're happy with tiffany's advice i feel like which rings just true with how Issa's feeling um we forget that even though she's like this bougie uppity person i feel like season four especially but season five i feel like she's kind of she's very i think she's very rooted in herself and her life um there's no denying that like in terms of life maturity she has everyone beat she's a mom she's married um you know i'm confident she sees the world in a completely and kind of a more mature lens than the rest of the woman um which helped me kind of connect with the power the advice that she gave to isa um, molly and kelly were busy focused on you know the stepmother life but tiffany's kind of concerned with how isa is feeling about the situation um shit, like isa could have been prepared to be a stepmother for all we know but because molly and isa are kind of girl you made the right choice like we still see isa saying <laughs> yeah I did um but the most important piece should be Issa and her feelings not about what's considered right and what's considered wrong Tiffany is totally right when she says the smart choice isn't necessarily the right choice and you can tell that's what Issa needed to hear even though that kind of made her think even harder and look within herself even harder that's what she needed to hear um but like I said it might not make her feel better in this exact moment um but it's something i don't know it's something comfortable about the situation i feel like uh, about that advice i feel like it will really guide her into where she needs to go so shout out to tiffany dubois for that uh for that mama advice so we see the group getting ready for din din um they getting ready they realize it's been a while since they all met up like this you see molly looking at all of them i love you guys you know expressing how she loves them embracing them got a sisterhood circle hug going on and naturally this leads to another revelation don't 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 let me that was too, that was ugly but uh tiffany and derek might be moving to denver uh tiffany shares how Den Den denver derek got a job offer in denver a week and a half ago and they're both contemplating moving there just due to money reasons um money can definitely go a long way um there compared to la i feel like colorado is still expensive from my friends who are from colorado um as they tell me but definitely compared to la it will be cheaper She's afraid to tell anyone because, you know, you know how when you tell somebody, it makes what it makes what you're going through real when you're saying things out loud. Um, she's afraid of the fast change, possibility of having more kids, getting depressed again, and moving from her friends. And of course, all of those are definitely valid reasons, valid concerns, valid feelings. Um it's scary. It's scary uprooting and going to somewhere else with your family, not having your friends around, leaving where you're from and where you grew up in, where you had a life at, you know. Um, so that's definitely understandable. 
Molly comforts her and tells her that, you know, they'll all be there for her. And just from the health scare with her mom, she tells, talks about the importance of just intentionality with the ones you love. Um, You know, everyone consoles her and they decide to just forget about dinner um, and just give her comfort. This was actually one of my favorite scenes in the episode. I feel like it cements why these four are friends in the first place. Um, they all love each other. It's simple. They all love each other and they can be vulnerable around each other. They can trust one another. Even though they might not be similar, they, some of them might not even get along like that, but they're all weird, but they're all weird for each other. And I just love seeing that. Um, like it, this entire scene pretty much gives me girlfriends, but without the toxicity mainly from Tony and um, Joan. Um, but that's a whole nother, we can talk about girlfriends one day, but that's for another day. Um, but I mean, yeah, and Issa Rae has also said that she was heavily influenced, inspired by girlfriends. And I'm glad she kind of kept that sisterhood dynamic in this show. Um, but yeah, the news with Tiffany is huge and definitely would change the dynamic of everything. Um, but hopefully what will remain constant is, you know, they love for each other. They all love each other. Uh, what Molly said about intentionality is just so true. I'm learning myself that each day it's important that you, you're intentional with the ones you love. You're intentional with yourself. You're honest with yourself, but definitely honest with the ones you love. Um, and I just feel like by honest, I'm just talking about if you feel like you got something on your spirit, you want to say, oh, I, you know, I just love you or, you know, stuff like that. It might sound weird or funny, like doing it or even talking about doing it, but we don't live forever. It's like when we have people pass away, we always say, I wish, I wish, I wish I should have said, I should have said, I could have said, I've been there. Everyone has been there. So we just got to learn to just love and just say what we mean right then and there. Cause time is not internal. Um, especially for us mere mortals. So I, I just love that intentionality scene. And I just feel like the whole scene was just a very lovely scene. Um, just in general, just very heartwarming. This is definitely probably going to be one of my favorite episodes so far this season. Um, but yeah, going on to condiments house, um, Lawrence is still helping out while folding laundry. He tells Condola that Mustafa is the best thing that happened to him. Condola shares that when things weren't going so well between them, not even so well, when things were shit between them, um, she hints at she was contemplating, um, you know, aborting Mustafa and, you know, he consoles her. They both admit that they both had a lot to learn and, like, don't feel like you're a horrible person for doing it. Like, you felt that way in that moment, but that isn't necessarily how you feel in general, especially right now. So, I and honestly, I like this because I feel like we don't, even though I, I think I'm at, at this point, after this episode, you know, I was like, if they don't hook up now or even do a little kiss, then I feel like, yeah, they're strictly co-parents. So I like how this show is showing how co-parents should be acting. Like, like even though it's platonic, that's the father of your child. That's the mother of your child. Y'all should be treating each other with respect and love if you 
can. Um, y'all should want the best for each other because wanting the best for each other is only going to, that's the best for the baby. Like all that love goes hand in hand. I'm really learning love is such a, even beyond reciprocal thing, but just if you love the child, you're going to love the baby of the child or have some type of care or wanting them for the most part, you know, people are fucked up, but if no one has done nothing crazy fucked up to each other or to the child, um, like, yeah, um, then, yeah, I think love should be just spread all around in that bond. Like, seeing, imagine seeing kids that, even though their parents might not be together, imagine s them still seeing their parents, like, just be really cool with each other, really respectful. Like, I'm sure that does wonders to the child's, like, view on relationships and how to treat people and just dynamics and just love and parenting. So thank you, Issa, for this, because parents aren't always the parents that are married or parents that live together. You know what I mean? So I'm just really glad. And honestly, most parents are like this. I grew up like that. So um, yeah, it, it, I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'm glad to see a positive depiction of a black man stepping up, even showing that not everyone's perfect. Lawrence started out, shit, it's a new, you know, you have a new baby, you're a new father, you haven't been a father before. But at the end of the day, we see that if it, you can always change, like, I think we kind of have these static, oh, ain't shit father, and then they're not going to be shit for the rest of their lives. But fathers can change. I think I, I really, I, I believe in that. Um, I truly believe in that. Fathers can change. Fathers can be there for their baby mamas. They can be there for their babies. They can be there for themselves. Um, so I, I just like that. I just love it. I love it. I love it. And I, I feel like I just had that revelation just now, just talking about with talking about that with y'all. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So Condola knowledge that you know Lawrence gave up a lot and wants him to be happy. And Lawrence says that he wants the same for her too. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. I've been meaning to. I gotta break it down during the times to break down. I sometimes conflate you know talking about the scene and shit and conflate that with the breakdown but it's cool y'all y'all see we're gonna let the energy flow we're gonna let the energy flow y'all are here with we're here together we're here together um but yeah look at just look at what communication and vulnerability does shit i shouldn't be the one to talk but this is still this is a huge step for both lawrence and uh candy um, they acknowledge that this, you know, this parenting shit is new, is rough and hard for both of them. And not only that, they want the best for each other, like I said before, which shows, you know, true maturity um, for their co-parenting relationship. I love this is where this is going. Um, it's just so crazy to think that we were, me especially, was just so tense watching them before. But now I'm learning stuff. I'm learning stuff from them. So people change. I'm really realizing that. I'm really realizing that. Um, but moving on to the girls' night, you know, the group having fun, drinking again, getting high, some good old grand time. And Issa likes to text Torian, for, uh, you know, on Molly's behalf, of course. Um, 
And as soon as Molly crafts like a suitable text to send, she gets, well, I think Issa crafted it for her, but regardless, she was about to send a, a text to Torian. Um, she gets a call from Dro, which is a throwback as shit as fuck. Um, and obviously that's going to have something to do, who knows, in the later episodes, but Dro tries to call her. Kelly claims, once again, it's the power to game and the X's are upon them now. It's on some spiritual uh, Ouija board, spirits are upon us shit. Um, and she even gets a quote-unquote DM from Daniel Kalua, which is just her DMing Daniel Kalua. <laughs> um, and as usual, Issa does the most and tries to call Lawrence. Molly stops her, thank God, and gives her the honest advice about, you know, girl, like, you're being inconsistent right now. So don't act surprised when Nathan is, like, is confused by you, you know? You don't know what you want. She didn't say that, but, like, you're all over the place. She tells her, you know, look, if tomorrow you're sober, when you're sober, if you still want to call him, go ahead. I'm all for it. Go do that. But right now, no, girl. Um, this was another, I, I love this scene with them. This is another fun scene. Um, I hope Molly still went ahead and texted Torian because something does need to happen now between those two. I think the timing is like perfect. It's right. With Drew, I wonder what his ass got to say. I really wonder what he has to say. It really be the niggas showing up when you on to something else. Um... So I wonder, I don't know if he's going to be, like, tempting her. I, I don't know. Now we back to Issa. Now you know if Nathan tried calling his ex, you would flip the fuck out. I feel like Issa be moving as if she's not in a relationship sometimes, but wants Nathan to be 110%. And I feel like that's her problem. Molly, I feel like, girl, like, you're completely right. You're inconsistent, and if you had an inkling of feeling left for Lawrence, then you shouldn't be entertaining no relationship, period. Um, I personally think that she does need closure right now, um, but now definitely wasn't the time or isn't the time. I completely agree with Molly. Wait till you're, you know, tomorrow you're sober. You got a good, you got a clean head on you. Not clean head, but you know what I mean. Clear head. Um, if you want to do it then, perfect. Fine. But nah, not right now. Now on to the final scene. The girls leave the next morning. You know, Issa looks around. You know, it's just mess and stuff from hosting. Um, Issa gets a text from Nathan. Issa promptly calls Nathan. Nathan tells Issa that he indeed he loves her and that he was just in his head about everything. Issa apologizes for, you know, putting any unnecessary pressure on him. Even though you already did, you've been putting pressure on him. You've been putting pressure on this whole relationship. Um, Nathan acknowledges that, you know, he can be avoidant, but he's still trying to figure shit out and ends the call with a, I love you. As soon as Issa hangs up, Lawrence calls and Issa looks shocked end scene um although i feel like Issa kind of did pressure him for a bit with the i love you i'm glad she acknowledged that and apologized for it like she can say i might have been pushing the i love you on you too much and i should have known that you do love me it's just the 
saying I love you does take time. It, it takes a lot of different ingredients um, to say out loud. So my bad for pressuring you and, you know, let's move forward. I still don't think that Nathan had to say it um, because I just feel like he just went through, you know, the past episode, something very traumatic at his job with somebody just calling him a crazy nigga. You know, he's very sensitive about his, you know, his bipolar um, and just to have that thrown in your face, like, that's a lot. That's a lot. And I feel like it triggered a lot within him. I think he kind of snapped back from it, but I feel like he had to snap back alone when he should have had the support of his girl, um, someone who claims to love you and someone that you claim to love as well. Um, I... Honestly, I, I don't know if he's finished processing that. Not finished, but like finished the bulk, brunt of it. But I still think he needs to process that. Because as it stands, he still hasn't told Issa about it. And I just feel like he really needs that support. Um, It's cute that they both said I love you to each other. But I still don't feel love. I don't feel the passion. I don't feel anything really with this relationship. And like I said, that... Maybe I'm being an asshole, but I'm just not. I'm still not sold. I just feel like it's a contractual agreement between both of them. That's what it's giving. Um, it's just like, Issa, don't act surprised. Also, like moving on to the call, you called that nigga Lawrence. Now you have to face the heat. And we'll see what happens next in the next episode. But, I, girl... I don't know. Issa, she was just annoying me throughout this whole episode, including that cool rant shit. That wasn't really, I wasn't feeling that. I'm not in my feelings about it like that, but Issa just was kind of annoying me throughout the episode. Everybody else, I was kind of, I was kind of just there for them. Even Lawrence and Candy, uh, Candy Cane, Lawrence, uh, Condola, um, like, I don't know. Issa just, just, I wasn't feeling her. Everybody was on one wave and then she's just on another one. Um, but yeah, that was the end of the episode. Honestly, um, I'm gonna talk more about it in the next segment, but I, I really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed it. I think we got to breathe. I think we had to have fun. I think we had to, we got to laugh. I think we had all the heart little warming moments and I don't know. I think we got to see what was going with the main, main people in the show in general. Uh, so that was just cool to see everybody in there at the same place. And we're just, you know, we're not focusing on no art walk. We're not on dates. We're not with Nathan. We're not at the barbershop. We're not at the beach. We're at Issa's house chilling out, which I, I think that's my favorite part. But, yeah, that was the end of the episode. Um, I wish I had y'all here to tell me what y'all thought. But, yeah, that was the end. So now we on to the next segment called It's Given, where I talk about, let me stop. I don't like that energy. I talk, I, I, I basically give a score. I give a score of what I just reviewed. It could be anywhere between one to 10, 
fraction, whole number, whatever. Um, so let's get into it. Um, I would say this is probably one of my favorite episodes in general, and my favorite episodes, especially within this, I feel like mild ass season. Um, I I don't know. I'm obsessed with Tiffany for whatever reason. I think what it is, Amanda Seals is so like she seems like the opposite of Tiffany, the direct opposite. It's so funny and just like interesting. Just seeing it, she just what's the word? She is interesting to watch. Not Amanda Seals, but just Tiffany. But then also keeping in mind Amanda Seals is playing her like, and then I think about Amanda Seals playing Tiffany. And then I'm just entertained throughout. But, um, and we got more about Tiffany's life because I do feel like her and Kelly be prop friends sometimes. Um, but definitely t- more so Tiffany, um, even though I think Kelly should have a character development. I can't lie, she has a lot more scenes, a lot more time than Tiffany if we're gonna compare in that way um but Tiffany did have her own plot line so it's like I think Kelly's plot line is this enlightenment thing but it's just so weak it's not in Kelly's perspective at all I feel like it's in it's either the group is there or Issa or Molly are there with her kind of talking and asking her questions but that's not a plot line with her a plot line with her will follow the group like the group will basically have to fall in line with whatever plot well whatever kelly's plot is basically like with tiffany i feel like they had the whole group looking for her like we need something i guess the first episode when they did the memorial but i i want more i need more i need more but i feel like we're not getting it i just did we on episode seven now and it's eight nine ten left so i but in general, I still I love seeing Kelly in any episode. I love seeing Kelly interact with uh, Trina. Um, I, I like to hear more about Tiffany's story. And I feel like Tiffany, even though she's always in the background low-key, I feel like Tiffany... Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany... Her life is actually a little bit more interesting than theirs in the sense that like she's a wife and she's a mom that's something that none of them are yet so i i just i like to see i'm trying to not use interesting again but i just like to see that with three other women that aren't moms and aren't wives and i'm sure like being a mom and being a wife or in general either or changes you in a lot of different ways and i really think we saw the culmination of that change particularly when one she was just talking about like everything that we've gotten to is what we needed to get through to get to where we are now um i think that was a very like accepting life type of thing and two 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 i would say that advice to isa i don't know why i blanked out on that but that advice to isa where the smart choice doesn't have to always be the right choice. It's like, okay, so what do you want? And I feel like because she was, she is a mom, she 
I think she's she's beyond the girl. You don't want to be no stepmom. I think Molly and Issa, Molly and Issa, Molly and Kelly are saying that because they're not moms themselves, so they don't really understand what it takes to being mom and what that does to your emotions and stuff like that. Like maybe Tiffany's just in her. Maybe she was able to come to that conclusion with like connecting with Issa in that way because she's just like being a mom. Maybe not being a mom isn't so bad or she's accepted being a mom like she's she got her grown woman pants on right now like they're still single they don't got kids yet so i'm just going to keep repeating it because i just really feel like her situation is unique when compared to all of them so she's going to see in crevices in different ways that they won't see until maybe they have one or maybe later on in life so i think she's matured and probably aged aged more so like psychologically um a lot more than the those three i'm really glad like i'm so glad she gave that advice to Issa. that's like literally the best advice you can give um so i mean i'm just thinking out the episode i'm I'm talking about their dynamics and their lives a lot because that was the core of this episode um tiffany going to denver that should be interesting i feel like once again with tiffany i feel like her and Derek have a very i wouldn't say codependent but kind of low-key like she just bases everything through her and Derek, not necessarily just her. I would love to even hear more stories about just her, but it's always connected with her being a wife first. So I don't know if they're trying to say in the show that's just how shit is, or maybe that's people, some people are prone to that type of life or slash mindset, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like they have her in a one dimensional wife, but then as a one-dimensional wife but then i feel like with this episode this is also the first time i've seen her besides the postpartum but like get this vulnerable and this transparent in this type of way like she's scared i i just feel like tiffany hasn't been an individual and I think we're seeing the effects of just being tied with the, not a man, but just being tied and your identity is being a wife. Your identity is whatever Derek does, I do. I'm into Derek. He's into, like, so I I think besides the postpartum depression, this might be the first time maybe being a wife is actually a hindrance to her being an individual or maybe wow this is the first time i don't feel like i have a choice you know what i mean so i think for the most part we just see tiffany as his happy wife a lot she loves being a wife but in this instance being a wife is actually kind of hurting her a lot and making her just move away from the life that she is happy with currently um we got to see lawrence and condola their situation and 
I like how it was just her and him. They weren't in a public setting. They didn't have anyone around. We got to hear and see their, you know, inner thoughts about this whole situation, about their experience. And Condola even admits she almost got an abortion. Like, Lawrence admits he was an asshole. Like, this is some very, very good transparency. This is some very good, like, open honesty and good vulnerability. Um, so I just love seeing it. Like I said, like as a, as a person that it started out like growing up with a single parent in a single parent household and just seeing these two parents make it work, even though they're not married or anything like that. I think that was just very special to see like two young black parents in their thirties if they wanting to work it out and making it work out and not letting the situation kind of control their behavior per se um at first they did and now it it, you know they kind of grew from that and just seeing that comparison of growth i think is important like i feel like we always start out especially with comedies like people just start out being parents and they just love it or we might get the comical like they might wake up in the middle of the night but it's more than that like i feel like it unleashes a monster in you almost um your whole reality has changed you are you're responsible for a life now and we got to see them just be in that confusion be in that chaos of having to deal with that but also not having a picture perfect situation um, you know, I, I confident Condola thought she was going to, you know, have her baby with someone she's probably married to, someone she truly loves. But Lawrence was a rebound, and it uh, the situation happened. It happened. So it's like now, how are we going to deal with it? And I really feel like they, I feel like they could have given a look, give gave a little more detail into how we ended up where we're at right now but i liked it i liked it hmm with molly we're seeing a a, you know a burgeoning relationship with torian i think at this point a relationship with torian soon enough um but nothing to nothing change much i would say you know she gives some good advice as usual you know embraces everyone says love is intention you know she says some good nuggets of stuff but yeah east is really the one where we it's just a lot going on with her with where where we see her thoughts right after the nathan thing and we see she has a lot of figuring out she has to do with her own self, with her relationship with Lawrence. I mean, uh, well, yeah, low-key. And uh, Nathan. So we just see she's split, she's indecisive, and I feel like she's, from her girl's night, I feel like she's going to start asking herself why does she feel these things and what's going on with me. And if I make this decision, what does that make me? But if I make this decision, what does that make me? It's a dilemma that she's going to have to figure out um, as evident by the episode's next title, I believe is uh, Choices. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would say if someone were to go on the street and say, Brandon, what would you rate 
season five, episode seven of Insecure. And you know what I would tell them? I said, ah, that's one of my favorites. Um, I'd say I'd give it, I'd say I'd give it, hmm, like a 9.3. Definitely gets an A. Definitely gets an A. Um, I would say a solid 9.3. 9.3. I just think overall it was still kind of, it, it, it's, it's too mild of an episode to be like an overnight not to say like action is what's needed but it's still like there were no like major there were no major stakes it wasn't anything like huge or too too significant it's just a it's low-key a catch-up episode but a catch-up episode but in Issa's apartment like the audience is just caught up about everything that's going on it's just done in a very intimate and fun way, in my opinion. Um, and shout out to director Amy Anobi. I really, I just like how she made it intimate and she made it seem like we were with them, like right next to them. Um, I, I just liked it. I, I liked the, the, the back and forth that everyone had. I liked how we felt like we were with Lawrence and Condola as well. Um... I just, I really enjoy this episode. So I, I would definitely say a 9.3. Um, like I said, this is a opinion-based podcast. This is really about the opinions. It's about the discussions. Not so much critiquing or reviewing. This is just how we feel, what we think. And I feel like those type of spaces should be encouraged for all types of art. Um so yeah once again this is opinion 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 i'm not trying to bash i'm not trying to be hypercritical this is what i feel what i think and i'd love to hear what y'all think we'll have that set up we'll have that set up pretty soon um but yeah 9.3 And that's a wrap on this episode, y'all. Uh, like I said, the next episode is going to be called Choices. Okay. Um, I think this episode definitely set Issa up to make some definitive choices with Lawrence. So we'll see all, what that all, all of that is about. I'm looking forward to talking with y'all in the next episode. And talk to y'all then. Bye.